This is the DL Power Couple Podcast. I'm Dominique. And I'm Miss Latrice. Coming at you. Today's topic is Arts and Interaction Part 3, with a focus on arts during quarantine. So specifically, I want to address how during quarantine, people have had more time to just uh, think within themselves and reintroduce themselves to the art they used to be associated with. And just on the news today, um, in passing, because I don't watch the news, I saw that instrument sales are up. So um, people are actually getting back into their art forms and just talk about how art is a good escape. And, and if escape is not a positive word for you, it's a good release from quarantine coronavirus and just a good release from hysteria because it's mentioned in the news every day mm-hmm. so firstly just um on the other and the other two episodes we did that had to do with arts and interaction we talked about it in, like generally and how it had to do with me and miss latrice but um the reason why we're doing another one well um, we're doing another one because i said we were going to do another one and i didn't want to flake but um <laughs> <laughs> but also um for quarantine People are getting more time to really think, like, what is my purpose? You know, what am I meant to be doing? Some people are laid off right now, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna go, am I going to go right back into that same industry? Or, like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with my life? Um, some people are trying to navigate all these YouTube ads and try to keep their dignity and keep their composure. And there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of distractions. A lot of people are going to be trying to profit off of your insecurities. Um, they're going to tell you that, oh, man, you're inadequate. You need to do this. You need to do that. And there's just so much going on. So... A lot of people might turn to their art for comfort mm-hmm. or just something that they know, something that they're familiar with, something that, you know, that they'll like doing regardless of what's going on around them. Yeah. So that's the importance of art during quarantine specifically. Now, to address the reason why I was happy to see that instrument sales were going up is because usually that's parents buying instruments for their children as children cannot afford these instruments. Instruments are expensive. (laughs) You don't know that unless you've played one. Yeah. But um, just parents understanding that, you know, it's important to keep that type of mental stimulation and physical stimulation in your child's life is very important because when I was in orchestra, which I was in for six years, it stimulated me in a different way that that just wasn't mimicked I don't know if it was mimicked or not. I mean, it was just when I was in orchestra, those songs were going through my head all the time. And I just liked there was even a camaraderie in orchestra and just it was just a really good time. And just knowing how to play an instrument, it was just really cool. Mm-hmm. So and that's a big part of learning art, uh, the physical, the mental, all of that. That's a that's a big part of learning. So if you're going to be in a situation where your children are going to be home and schools aren't going to open back up, then in order to replicate the diversity of the things they were able to do, you might have to rent or purchase an instrument of some sort and intermingle that in with the other things that they're learning, especially if they're learning from home and then, you know, along with other stuff. But it all tied together for me. Yeah. So that was cool. And I know I briefly touched on YouTube ads and stuff. The reason I touched on that is because during quarantine, people are consuming more media. Mm-hmm. And what happens is now people are ramping up their ads. So now every video you watch, there might be three or four ads, if depending on the video length about hey are you in a job you hate hey are you in a situation you don't like hey are you in a situation where you don't feel like you're good enough well just 
just come to my free webinar. And the thing is, is like, I'm, I'm not going to act like something wrong with that. I mean, these people, you know, they're out there getting it, grinding, they're making their ads, they're doing what they need to do. But um, just understand that th this is a business. Right. And, you know, they're banking on you not feeling secure about your situation. Mm -hmm. And in this time, a lot of people are not going to feel secure, secure about their situation. So it's good to be able to relax your mind. And sometimes if, if you can't just sit down, people will tell you to meditate just out, out of thin air, out of nothing. You know, <laughs> I feel like meditation is just like, I feel like it's just like a, a really rigorous workout. You got to, you got to warm up first and yeah. you got to be able to warm up to something like meditation. So if you're not able to relax your mind in like a meditative state, then it's one of those things where you can fall back on an art yeah. that you know, something that really engages your brain in a different way that doesn't exhaust you. Yeah. Right. So art in this time will be something that's healthy in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. And it's very important. So that's why I mentioned the YouTube ads. I didn't want that to just be some weird thing. But I know a lot of people are watching a lot or consuming a lot of media. There's ads everywhere. There's going to be there's just more time to feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. You know, this will likely lead to a recession. It's already been a few months after six months of the stocks and stuff going down or whatever i just considered a recession but everything things will bounce back it always like, does just like they always do so a lot of people are not going to feel secure and it's just everybody's just just stay not stay positive but just stay hopeful out there you know mm -hmm. just understand that this is how the economy works this is how hysteria works historically this is how things go so and the arts gives you that because it it takes you into a therapeutic state. So now you don't have to think about whatever is right in front of you. So I like that you mentioned that it makes you happy knowing that parents are buying these instruments for their kids. But also, I think a lot of people are going to the arts because it's therapeutic. They're going to the arts because of how therapeutic it is. I know a lot of people who are speaking to their therapist, they're asking them like, oh, do you play an instrument? Oh, do you draw? Do you do like they're trying to find these ways not to necessarily distract them from what's going on, but to connect them with themselves inside. So I think a lot of people, when they look at how they meditate, you think of the person who's sitting on the floor, the legs are crossed and their eyes are closed and they're going yum or whatever. You know, you, you see that type of person. But I think the arts is another form of meditation that people, especially artistic beings, can use for meditation. It doesn't have to be the stereotypical form that we're used to for meditation. You can play that guitar, the violin, the viola, and literally not be thinking about anything else, which is essentially what you're doing when you're trying to meditate. You're disconnecting from the worldly things, and then you're becoming one with what is going on inside. And I think art and music in particular, but all art forms, allow you to do that so that you're not thinking about all the things that are going on with society. For me, I've actually been writing more, and that's been really cool. And the thing about writing is I've been doing it since I was had to have been like second grade mm -hmm. at the oldest i started in second grade mm -hmm. i don't know how young i was when i was writing honestly but i started very young and to every time i go back to it i just feel really good about it and i've been learning to do it for me i've been learning to do it not i've been learning to write without being like man this has to be super fire i'm not writing it just just letting it come out mm -hmm. because everything will look fantastic when i look back on it later Mm -hmm. regardless of how I feel about it in the moment and because of the way I write everything has a meaning everything has a purpose and um, I'll always be able to understand it when I look back at it I don't I don't write anything empty so that's been specifically really good for me so Miss Latrice um, you've been very engaged with the arts while quarantine has been going on I know that we talked about it in the other 
episodes, how your business continued. Mm -hmm. There were certain paid performances that you didn't get to go to. And there was your staged reading. Mm -hmm. There was your staged reading that you didn't get to do for your own choreo poem. Mm -hmm. Other than that, during quarantine, what have you been doing up to this point? So I joined this group called Playback Theater, or it's an organization, really. Playback Theater with Small Change Interactive, which Dominique has been able to join and see what it is that I do. And basically, people come on, they give their stories, and we play those stories back to them. So they tell us it can be a, a sad story, a happy story, a very short story, an emotion. And we listen to what they're saying, and essentially we are capturing those feelings and emotions that they are portraying to us back as actors in an improvisational style, but not necessarily what you know as improv. There are specific forms that we have to follow through the Playback Theater Association. So that's a big thing that's taken up my days on like Tuesdays and Fridays. And then I've also been reading with the Indiana Writers Center for the playwrights, and then also for one of the classes that I was volunteering for code readings for. I've been doing that too, using my acting talents to read the students' plays essentially for them. Outside of that... I mean, there's just been a lot of Zoom calls and different theaters and people putting on things. So I've been watching some performances. And then just this past week, I was able to join the Indiana Writers Center's Coffee House performances. And I got to perform and listen to other performers. Uh, and these were people who were storytellers, writers, poets, actors. People were bringing their plays. They were bringing short fiction, different things like that. So that's been a lot of fun. But I've been trying as much as I possibly can even if I'm not currently writing or engaged in the art form, bringing art to my life every single day. And that's just what I would have been doing had quarantine not been going on anyways. So now I get to be, I'm actually being more intentional about it. Whereas before it was something that was, it's what I do. It's my everyday life. Now I have to actually go out and seek these opportunities and, and go on Facebook and go, okay, I don't want to look at people's feed. What, do I, what am I going to? I want to go see something artistic. And then I've also been listening to the versus battles. I got to hear Jill Scott's and Erica Badu's versus battle, which gave me all types of life. But we'll discuss that another day. And then Nellie and Ludacris is also is bringing back the nostalgia. And I just appreciate the lyricism and the words and the beats and the producers, everybody. So those versus battles have really been keeping me engaged in the music scene and just reminding me of songs that I didn't even recall that one of the artists made or were a part of and it's like oh yeah you did do that like thank you for bringing this back up that's been most of my time okay and also for playback you had invited me to one of the online events mm -hmm. and that was I was our first able, showcase yes the first showcase and i was able to provide a story mm -hmm. and so you said there's a playback association and y'all have to follow rules right yeah and i'll have to say the correct term i'm not using it's not playback theater association but it's there is an official national playback theater and i know i'm not saying the organization's name correctly but yes but there's some type of body of something that forms the guidelines for yes. playback so that it's pretty uniform and so, so that there's a um, standardized method mm -hmm. and so um, it was cool seeing them go through that because there was little rehearsal parts of it where mm -hmm. the actors would speak amongst themselves and, you know, they wouldn't want to leave the guests out, but I had no problem with them doing that because I got to see just how much work goes into this. And to me, it felt just like when I was in Prague with Miss Latrice and she was learning how to teach English as a second language. And there was this whole method to it like this. Everybody was learning this method mm -hmm. and it was very effective and I had never thought to break it down like that. Yeah. So playback was the same way. I saw there was a whole method to it. You don't just listen and repeat. There's There are things you have to do as actors so that everybody has space 
to tell somebody back their own story mm-hmm. in a way where everybody gets to shine and everybody's heard and the story is done justice. Mm-hmm. So for me, I presented the story of when Miss Latrice and I were on a study abroad trip to Cuba with the Black <laughs> Cultural Center. And there was a little electrical fire at our hotel mm-hmm. and they evacuated that hotel. We weren't there at the time. We didn't come back until nighttime. Yeah. But after the electrical fire, they evacuated that they evacuated that hotel and then told us we had to spend the night at the hotel next door until they got everything together. Right. So basically we were supposed to sleep at this hotel next door. Don't ask us how those rooms were available, but whatever. <laughs> it's probably because the hotels were not the best. But, you know, we got the real experience. But people had to go to sleep without their toiletries, some without, would have would have had to without their medicine and everything. But the people who needed the medicine and stuff, some of the younger people on the trip had went up and got it for them because we were all made pretty much floors 8 through 10 or 8 through 11 or 8 through 12. 10 through 12. Through 12. <laughs> oh, 10 through 12? Yeah. Okay. This, this hotel had 14 floors. The 14th floor was like a club. So you can just imagine okay. what the elevator was like at night with people going up and down from that club. And it might have been 8 through 12, but I know for sure I was on the 12th floor. Yeah, so, but the stairs were not up to code. They were extremely jagged and chipped in a lot of places. And I'm talking big chunks out of these stairs. Mm-hmm. Cockroaches. The, these uh, these stairs could really hurt somebody. So you, you can't just have anybody going up and down these stairs. So and the elevator was down. Mm-hmm. So some people who needed their medicine, they sent somebody else to get it. But other than that, we all stayed at this other hotel. Once we were at the other hotel... People were freaking out saying they needed Wi-Fi. They needed Wi-Fi. <laughs> they needed to be able to contact their parents. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. And some of them would get mad when our directors would tell us, Wi-Fi isn't going to change anything. Not at all. It's not going to change the situation. <laughs> oh, I need to call my mom. Your mom can't change this situation. Right. You know, so it was just a very interesting. And then when I said it to them and they played it back to me, it was amazing the way they captured it. They captured the panic of people needing wi-fi and, and i wanted them to capture it so i gave them an example i'm like the same way when the when the virus hit people flocked to the toilet paper mm-hmm. that's how people flocked to this wi-fi from an electrical fire that happened at the hotel we were just at so they made sure they did it and they created this just this little moment of, of hysteria mm-hmm. and then uh, the woman who played me in that playback goes y'all just need to calm down <laughs> You know, and it's like, that's that's literally me because I'm like, I just adapted to the situation. I don't have any health concerns. There's no reason I needed my toiletries. Yeah. To me, it's just like if you if you fall asleep after a late night or something and you just forget to brush your teeth and all that stuff, sometimes you just wake up the next morning and take care of all that. So yeah. that's the type of night I knew I would have. So um, it was really cool having that played back to me and just being part of that experience. And of course, I was unsure going into it. But I just told a story that I thought it would be cool to get played back to me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And that was actually at the dress rehearsal. So Dominique got to hear us actors and our director or the conductor, as she's called, during the meetings. And he got to see us kind of try to figure out the kinks because we were actually going to have the showcase on that Friday. And then on Friday, Dominique actually didn't even get to tell the story. It just didn't align with what he would have probably wanted to speak about at the time, but he got to listen in and watch us still play back other people's stories. So Dominique got both examples. He got us in our rough stages when we didn't quite know exactly how it would be with an audience. And then that Friday, we had an amazing amount of people actually show up and tell stories. At first, people were a little shy to speak, but then once they got going and they realized that we all have stories to tell, 
And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your story is. It's just as important. Then it made things easier. So what was that like for you listening on that Friday versus being able to be a storyteller on Tuesday? Listening was cool because, and watching. Um, well, one, I was on Zoom on my phone, so I have to swipe around to see everybody. Mm. So that makes listening a whole uh, event. Mm-hmm. But listening was really cool because the acting was crisp and they really did the stories justice and people loved it. So, Dominique, you asked me what else have I been engaging in as far as the arts during quarantine, and I will be so sad if I didn't remember to mention this. Pen Click and Haraka have been essential during this quarantine time. Haraka meetings, we still meet with them every Wednesday, and one of the former members, David, I don't remember his last name, he's a part of another group on Instagram, Pen Click, follow them, that's P-E-N-C-L-I-Q-U-E, and they put on their first, and what we will call the first Instagram successful live showcase for artists to showcase their work. So there were singers and poets, and that was really cool to watch happen and just seeing how he figured every, or not just him, because this is a team of people, everybody put in their time and effort, but just seeing how they made things actually work together and then listening in to these different people who, most of which I'm assuming are on the West Coast. And I can hear the differences of a Midwestern person speaking and giving their art form versus a West Coast person. So that was just really nice and cool to see. And Haraka has just been what I'll call my therapy during this quarantine time, just because you get to release whatever it is that has been on you. And, and there's a safe space. And, and I don't say that about everything, but Haraka definitely provides a safe space, a good place where you'll get to laugh, chill, listen to some poetry every now and then, critique some poetry every now and then. And just be, you know, by the end of the meeting, we're probably talking about anime and and cooking and what you drinking and what you eating. And we just get to be ourselves, true to whoever that is and whatever that is for us. So those have been the two biggest things, I think. And now I follow Pin Click on YouTube and Instagram. So I get my arts every week. You got to remember, Haraka Writers is where we met. Mm-hmm. So that's always going to be important. And I think it's really cool that Haraka Writers is able to meet via Zoom because now... More people are showing up than would usually, and we just get access to just more people and more perspective. Some people graduated years ago, (laughs) and you know they're in their industries, and they've let go of their art. Some of them have not let go of their art, and it's just really cool to see where everybody is. Mm -hmm. And then it's that piece of home. The Black Cultural Center at Purdue is home to me, especially. So it's just that piece of home in a weird time. Yeah. So that's really cool. And as for Pin Click, I really enjoyed it too because people got to showcase their work and then they also had their cash apps and stuff in there yeah. for, for if you wanted to donate. So and I and I always like that because a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who do perform without the audience, it's hard to get paid. Yeah. Depending on what your business model is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And shout out to Miss Renee and Mr. Bill for both tuning in to those Haraka meetings. And I know they've been in some of the other ensemble meetings as well. So thank you for you all allowing us to even have these Zoom meetings to continue. And going off of what you just said about the people who have been in Haraka years ago, that is something that really usually doesn't happen. A lot of people, especially African-American students or people of color who graduated from Purdue, a lot of times they don't end up going back. I find that interesting, but I know to each its own. 
So to have this group now with Haraka on Zoom, I'm able to meet some of these old Haraka members that I got to see in videos. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's you. Okay, this, wow, that's you. And so it's really nice. It's a good networking opportunity as well for the younger people like us who haven't necessarily jumped right into whatever our industries are going to be, or maybe we're deciding if we should or shouldn't. I mean, they've been able to give us so much insight. Like we have educators helping out some of the young people who are about to go right into the educational system. And then you have the performers like me, where it's like, okay, what should I be looking out for? And then you have people who are like, oh, if you're about to set up a podcast, this is what you need. I got a whole YouTube video on that. So I just, it's so much more than poetry. It's so much more than a performance and Haraka writers and almost all the other ensembles too. It has always been that. It's more than whatever it is you're going there for. So I'm really appreciative, like I said, of them during this time for arts and quarantine. Yes. And I guess, and I'm going back to the beginning of the episode, of this specific episode, Mm -hmm. the reason why it's so important to put an emphasis on art during any time of, what's it called when you don't know what's going to happen next? Uncertainty? Yeah, during any time of uncertainty, the reason why it's always important to lean on the arts is because that's what relaxes people. That's what brings everybody together. You can feel art. You can interpret art however you want. Regardless of where you come from, regardless of what your parents or grandparents told you about how the world is run, mm-hmm. or about who you should like or shouldn't like, yes. no matter what you watched on the news, who you choose to watch on the news, what type of books you read, what type of hat you wear, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Art is going to bring all of that together. And we are stronger as a unit, mm-hmm. regardless of if we particularly like each other or not. Right. So it's just very important to understand that art is important and sometimes when when the really big event happens the changes on the other end of it are not the best mm-hmm. um hurricane katrina being a prime example of what that did to the schools in that area also just be aware make sure that art is not tempered with after this yeah because so you know sometimes schools be like well let's cut this let's cut that let's cut this let's cut that art should not be cut at all yeah art should be what eases everybody back in mm-hmm. if anything If you don't want to bring everybody in for traditional classes and this and that, bring people together through art forms first Mm -hmm. and then back into the schools. Yeah. I know I just sound like I'm just talking, but (laughs) I mean, if you really want students to get back acquainted with being around each other and with working together and with just completely objectively understanding how to be around each other, art can do that. Yeah. And, And I really want to emphasize that all five senses are engaged through all different types of art forms. Cooking is one of those art forms. So if you're one of those people who is like, okay, I can't draw, I can't sing, I can't act, which by the way, you don't have to know how to do any of those things to be engaged with them. Try baking something. Try cooking something new. It doesn't have to come out perfect, but just doing it alone can be, again, one of those therapeutic things, one of those things that releases those negative energies or just all the stresses from the world. And ditto to everything Dominique just said. I already said my stuff, so that's all we got for today. 